Welcome to the newest episode of the Needless Things Podcast, where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Dave, and I have my hearing today thanks to some Dollar Tree earplugs. I went and saw Mastodon and Primus last night with our pal Rad Ranger at the fabulous Fox in Atlanta, and it was awesome. It was great. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about it. I, I hopefully won't go on and on and on. Uh, because today, we have an interview with our pals, the Casket Creatures, that was recorded live in the Phantom Zone, where we talk about a little bit of everything, but a, a lot about the new album, Return to Wolfton, which drops today, live at Days of the Dead in Charlotte, North Carolina. But also everywhere else uh, it'll it'll be I, I don't know if today it's going to be available available online everywhere but i would think within the next week you'll be able to go to all the places you go to buy fine music including the casket creatures website uh or their facebook page maybe i guess technically it's not a website they've got like a a uh reverb nation page or whatever it is so uh, follow them on facebook you, you know how it works by this point if you can't get online and find the person that does the thing then they're either some kind of double super secret avant-garde person whose shit is too expensive for you to be buying anyway or they're just not doing anything anymore and don't worry about it there you go right okay so mastodon and primus Two bands that I love, uh, Primus, obviously, I have loved for much, much longer than I've loved Mastodon, who I think is w probably the best metal band of the past two decades. That goes back, what, two decades? That goes back to 1998. I think that's fair to say. I don't necessarily consider, because really the only other band post-1998 that I, I have any true affection for is System of a Down, and in my head, they're not metal. Uh, I suppose some would call them new metal. I don't know what they are. They're, they're thrash alternative. I don't know. But I, I just don't think of those guys as metal, really. Uh, but, but Mastodon is, beyond a shadow of a doubt, without argument, metal. And damn good, incredible metal. And uh, I just, they put on a heck of a show. I haven't seen them since 2012 for some reason. I did not realize it had been that long. I saw them at the Masquerade Music Park. I think it was the day after my birthday then. And that show was tremendous. As a matter of fact, I would go so far as to say it was a better show than what I saw last night. And last night was great. Look, if you're seeing Mastodon live, you're seeing uh, the most powerful rock music you're going to see it's just a, an epic wave of badassness but it's not uh you know there are different types of live music uh, there are those bands that as henry rollins says get up on the microphone and go oh yeah hey baby how you doing tonight oh yeah rock on atlanta like those guys that are kind of entertaining and they do the 
the patter between songs, and they they give you a different kind of musical experience. Uh, Mastodon plays the songs that you've heard on their albums really loud, really, really well live. Uh, they don't do there. There was a little bit of banter because they're from Atlanta, so they had a little of uh, little Atlanta banter. And uh, I'm sorry, that was terrible. But really, you're just going to see the the metal force of Mastodon, and that's kind of it. And it's great, but that's it. Uh, Primus, on the other hand, in my mind are very much a band to be experienced live. And I've seen them five, six, somewhere around there times uh, since I first started loving them in 1990, 91, something like that, uh, when my buddy Matt introduced me to them. And uh, it's funny because I feel like there have been a couple times where I've gotten grumpy less and a couple of times where I've gotten jubilant less. So I've seen Primus uh, when they have put on an incredible show, and I've seen Primus where Les Claypool, for whatever reason, seemed a little subdued or, or not as into playing to the live crowd. Uh, last night was probably the best I've seen Primus, and that's saying something because their song selection wasn't necessarily one I, first of all they played their new album uh the desaturating seven in its entirety in the middle of the set and that was fantastic uh it was you know i hadn't heard any of it yet it came out last year but i just I, primus is another one of those bands that like i kind of get away from a little bit because they they did a couple of th- like les claypool has a dozen different projects and most of them are he he leans a little too far into like the hippie jam band type stuff that I like the Flying Frog Brigade Brigade. Uh I couldn't get into uh there was uh what not yeah, Oysterhead, the one with the fish guy. Uh, obviously that's not my thing. I think that was the one with the fish guy. Uh so some of the some of the stuff he does is a little too hippie for me. And I, I feel like there was a, a phase where some of that was kind of infecting Primus a little bit in the same way that when Mike Patton starts a new band, like the first album is something cool and different and new. And then the next album is like, yeah, that's Mike Patton. All right. Which look, I'm not saying that's negative. I'm just saying that sometimes your other stuff can mess with your main stuff. Like I look forward to the day when one of the guys from the casket creatures starts some kind of new age keyboard project and then that starts to infuse the casket creatures music i'm just kidding that's not going to happen gosh i kind of hope that does happen uh but anyway you guys know what i'm talking about music changes the bands we love sometimes do things we don't love so i kind of lost touch with primus for a little while so i had not heard the new album but they uh they came out last night. Uh, Mastodon kicked all kinds of ass. It was great. And they went on before Primus, which was really cool because, I'll be honest, Primus's set was so good and so much fun that chances are I wouldn't have stuck around for Mastodon's whole set because uh, they weren't... Like, in my head, I have a Mastodon's Greatest Hits album. And I won't go into it now. Maybe I'll write it on, on the site uh, but in my head, I have a Mastodon's Greatest Hits album. And they played like two songs off of 
Dave's Mastodon's greatest hits and then lots of other stuff and it's all good because they've never made a bad song but you know when you're seeing somebody live like you want those grooves that you like you know like that stuff that you're into or the stuff that you'd like never hear live that you're like oh wow that was interesting to hear live that was an experience uh so and and primus came out opened up uh Opened up strong, and right now I can't remember off the top of my head what they opened with. Uh, I think it was something off Seas of Cheese. Uh, and then went into Winona's Big Brown Beaver. They played Too Many Puppies with Sergeant Baker in the middle. Came back to Too Many Puppies. Uh, played a couple other things. Played the entire new album, uh, which was awesome. The artwork uh, is based off of a book called The Rainbow Goblins, which you can Google and look up all you want. I am not qualified to talk about it because I haven't read it yet. I just know this from some some quick Googling I did because I wanted to see where this art came from. Uh, but the album, The Desaturated 7, was very, very cool. I bought the vinyl. I'm very much looking forward to sitting down and just listening to it. Uh, I, I'm glad that I saw it live but it's a concept album, and I'm I'm stoked to actually, as soon as I'm done recording this, put it on and just sit in my chair and listen uh, and enjoy it. And then when they were done playing the new album, uh, they went back and played you know some other cool stuff. Uh, then it was just, it was great. It was a great fun show. Less it was was fun dancing around the stage doing his weird stompy bass playing thing. Uh, it was just a great, great time. Red Ranger was into it uh, until he left before Primus was even done. Red Ranger, no, you were you were right, you were right because the encore was Southbound Pachyderm, and then like an eight or nine minute instrumental, and then they left, uh, which it was cool. It was cool, but again, I'm sitting there waiting for like Jerry was a race car driver, Tommy the Cat, or or uh, John the Fisherman. Uh, what are they, they're oh they played Herald Herald of the Rocks which I had not seen them play live I don't think uh, but I do have on two live albums anyway I'm going on way too long about this show that you guys didn't get to see and I'm sorry you didn't I would have brought you with me if I could have uh, but anyway I just had a great time I'm still really excited and really pumped about it uh, I got. I I ended up spending money at the merch table, which I had not planned on doing because Mastodon had an incredible shirt. Primus had a great tour shirt uh, because I I fell in love with this album, and they had a a tour shirt with the Rainbow Goblins on the front. So I grabbed that. I got the the Primus vinyl. Uh, I got Remission on vinyl, which I did not have. And I thought, I was like, okay, here's a a Phantom is Dumb story, or Dave is Dumb, whatever. whatever. Uh, So... I'm in the line at the merch thing, and I've got my whole vinyl deal going on right now. I like getting records of stuff that I don't already have or or stuff that I know I'll enjoy sitting here in the Phantom Zone listening to and getting up to flip it over and listen to the next side and whatever. So uh, I've got a couple of Mastodon albums on vinyl, but I don't have remission. And I'm standing there at the little glass counter, and and they've got the billions of T-shirts, hundreds of, of... posters and patches and man i bought the the a print of the tour poster in 2012 and i kid you not i think it was like it was more than 25 bucks it might have been 40 i might have paid 40 bucks for it the one for this show was 80 bucks and i was like nope because one that's too much two i don't have any more room for posters but anyway i'm looking at all of this merch and i look down into the glass counter and they've got remission on vinyl now this is the sort of thing that probably happens to everyone 
but very few people admit it because it's so dumb. I was like, ooh, they've got remission on vinyl. I should probably grab that here. That's probably some secret stash that Mastodon had. And look, I could have taken an extra minute, stepped out of line, looked it up online to see, like, oh, is this really going to be hard to get? And I didn't. I just made an assumption. I was like, okay, it's it's remission. Uh, this is probably super special that it's here. There's got to be a reason they have this old-ass album here with all their new merch. I was like, let me get it. And then I realized it was signed, which I don't care about. Uh, if I'm if something is signed, I want to be there when it's signed. I don't care about, like, pre-signed crap. The the Primus album, I didn't pay the, the extra for the signed copy because if I'm not meeting the band members, then those signatures don't really mean anything to me. Like, I don't care that when I get something signed, part of that signature is the experience of having had it signed. You know what I mean? So the Mastodon album is signed and the price that they're charging reflects that. But in my head, if I don't buy remission on vinyl now, I'm going to have to wait until it's like reissued or something like I, I'm, I need to get it now or else it's either going to be a long wait or a lot of money. And also it's an old album by Mastodon and as big as they are, who knows if they reissue stuff. I don't know. I don't have enough facts to make the decision I'm about to make, but I make it anyway. I bought the album. I get home and, uh, and the guy would, he was like, I think this is even one of the ones on the color vinyl, blah, blah, blah. I was like, I, I don't even care. I just want to have it to listen to because it's, it's remission. It's, it's great. Uh, I get home, I look at the vinyl, it's black vinyl, but whatever, I don't care. Uh, I've got remission, I paid too much for it, but whatever. Cool, I've got it. Well, then (laughs) I make the mistake of going on Amazon uh, to look up remission and to see how much it's actually selling for. And uh, it's like less than 20 bucks. I I could have bought a copy of remission on the colored vinyl that that I do enjoy. I'm not going to lie. I the colored vinyl is a selling point for me. Like there, there are albums that I own that I perhaps would not have bought if not for the colored vinyl. So, you know, Dave is dumb. We all do dumb things from time to time and make snap decisions when we're in situations where we kind of have to uh, shit or get off the pot. And unfortunately, uh, sometimes we shit a little sooner than we should. I don't think that was a good metaphor, but I am out of time because you guys don't want to hear any more about other bands. You don't want to hear about these lesser bands that I went and saw. You want to hear about the band that I seem to be working every freaking time they play lately, the Casket Creatures. Uh, Cliff, Kevin, Ryan came over to the Phantom Zone, sat down on the Phantom sofa, and had a Phantom interview with Phantom Troublemaker. That was great. Uh, no, it was a great time. We had fun. Uh, we, we got a lot of words out of Kevin, which was apparently a very exciting development for everybody. Uh, We talked about shooting the Phantom Zone video, the song for which you are going to hear in just a moment, and it was great. We talked about the new album, we talked about their recording process, their writing process, how they do things. We could have talked for much longer, but we had a pay-per-view to watch. So, there you go. That's what happens. And now it is time for you to hear the first single off of Return to Wolfton, the new album from the Casket Creatures, which, by the way, is legit like remove the fact that i'm friends with these guys remove the fact that they're based in atlanta where i live uh remove the fact that they play at horror conventions that i go to like take out every bit of bias that i might have for the casket creatures 
this album is badass. It, it is legitimately a in-my-rotation album. It is not a, my friends made this, so I'm going to put it on my MP3 player and never listen to it album. It is legit going to be a, I'm listening to this frequently on my drives to work instead of podcasts album. It's really, really good. And you guys, I, I think you'll know what I'm talking about here. Very rarely does an album come out that when it ends, you're like, oh, shit, I wish there was more. You know what I mean? Like, the last few tracks usually drag a little bit. By the time the album's done, you're like, okay, that was cool. Let's go do something else. This album, legit, when the last track finishes, you're like, oh, oh, which is great. I, I'm That's a good thing because it leaves you wanting more. I'm already stoked to hear what they're going to do next and how... Uh, 70s style ELO electric keyboards will play into it. All right, you guys, here is the Phantom Zone from the Casket Creatures from their new album, Return to Wolfton, and you might recognize something about this intro. It is the year 2027. Humanity science has created wonders beyond the wildest dreams of past generations. But now, has man gone too far? Black science has ripped a hole in reality, and this universe must face the madness that lies beyond in the battle zone.
zone, we will go. There is no feeling to the phantom zone, we will go. All right, I'm sitting here in the Phantom Zone with Ryan, Cliff, and Kevin from the Casket Creatures, and we're going to talk about a little bit of the history of the band. We're going to talk about the new album, Return to Wolfton, available today when this goes up, because the 18th is the... Release yeah. right, yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're in Charlotte, right. I mean, right. it'll, it'll, but it'll be, be up to, yeah, 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 digitally. And we're gonna do. I've never done this, so this may go over terribly. <laughs> but I've got five questions here, and I'm gonna ask each of you these five questions. We're gonna go down the line, just to kind of break it up a little bit to get started to get everybody rolling. So, question number one, because Needless Things essentially got its start as a toy site. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, your favorite toy or toy line? Uh, street Sharks. I love them. I love the way they look. I I wish that they would like re-release them all. I think that they just looked awesome. They were like bigger than all my other toys. And like, yeah, yeah, they were huge. They, they were intense. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. They were like Ninja Turtles, but I thought they were cooler because they were sharks and not turtles. So, wow. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Street Sharks episode coming soon. Yeah. I'm all about it. Cliff, favorite toy or toy line? Uh, probably the, uh, that giant plastic Rancor figure that everybody oh, yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, if I had to pick one, that's probably it. And the commercial for that thing was better than the actual movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Kevin. Uh, I don't, I'm not really a toy collector now, but as a But kid, when you were a kid, it's fine. G.I. Joe is my favorite toy. Oh, uh, yeah. There you I go. I love the cartoon. I had the toys. I was out in the yard playing with them. Unfortunately... Them all off. <laughs> I was just writing a thing the other day about uh, going in the backyard, and we had a sandbox back there, oh, yeah, dude. and we that. would build these like platforms and everything, and we dug a trench, which my Put dad was in. super not pleased about. We dug a trench, <laughs> lined it with trash bags, yeah. brought the hose up there, and I don't even know how much water we wasted that day, because we were out there for hours, and we had the hovercraft going up and down, and the hydrofoil, which really didn't float worth the shit and kind of capsized. <laughs> it was awesome. All right. Favorite monster? Stars Ryan on that one. All right. Uh, favorite monster? Hmm. Probably the Xenomorph from Alien. Okay. Yeah. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm. Nice. Yeah. You didn't give me enough time to think. <laughs> well, I knew my answer. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Gremlins count? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, 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 totally. Very good. All right. Taylor Swift or Debbie Gibson? Uh, I'd have to go with Debbie Gibson. All right. Debbie fucking Gibson. Yeah, Debbie Gibson. Debbie Gibson All across the, the board. All the way. Very good. Very good. Uh, greatest song ever recorded? Oh, wow. That's really... Whatever hard. pops in your um, head first. It doesn't have to be like a legit scientific answer. by Megadeth. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go painkiller, Judas Priest. Oh, that's All a right, hmm. Kevin. I feel like I'm ruining your day. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a really hard one. I was gonna go with uh, something off Rust in Peace because I think that's the best thrash album ever recorded. I agree with that. Oh man, 
we might have an anthrax versus megadeth discussion at some point as well we'll, oh, do, that. Down we'll, that. we'll do that after the sewer sharks episode yeah <laughs> I like Tornado Souls on that. The whole album's awesome, but I'll just yeah. go with that. Okay, cool. Nice. Uh, and finally, cake or pie? Pie. Pie. Ooh, it depends on the cake or the pie. You, your, <laughs> your favorite question. Your favorite of whichever one. Let's go pie. Pie. Go pie. pie across the board. Yeah, See, I'm and the crust. That's yeah. That's the reason. And that filling is. Why you guys are one of the greatest fans of all time. Look at that agreement. Yeah. That's <laughs> all the way across there. All right, so let's talk a little bit about how this iteration of the Casket Creatures came together. Um, so the band's been around for a while. We've obviously gone through a lot of changes and stuff, but um, it, things kind of solidified Like whenever we did the She Screams album, um, especially just I feel like the songwriting stepped up and... The quality of songs stepped up, and a lot of that had to do with Cliff joining the band and uh, being like, you know, right there with us writing everything. And I feel like things have just stayed that way. And with the addition of Kevin as a second guitar, and it just kind of fills things in. It makes us like a lot tighter band. Um, I I just I feel like this is the lineup. Right. I, I've nodded my head the whole time because yeah. she screams is the one where I really started like telling people. Yeah, like, you need to hear this. Yeah, I think that everything since then has been like extremely quality. I'm not downplaying the stuff we did in the past. No, not at just, all because it's awesome. I mean, that's. I, but I feel like we I just had a guys direction. Yeah, that was super early. I'm trying to remember. That was probably like, our first album. I, yeah, it was. The, it was definitely the first album. But I'm trying to remember if the album was actually even. It probably had just come uh, out. Yeah, yeah, and we like we didn't. We didn't know what we were doing. I don't even think we did like a really like official CD release party or anything. Like we, you know, we're just kind of like, hey, we got something. And and looking back at that album now, it's really rough around the edges. But I mean, that's what you do. You, yeah, yeah, you start out rough and you work your way up. And and uh, I feel like now everything we've done has just been like consistent. And uh, I think it gets better each time. Personally, have you guys considered doing like an EP and maybe re-recording some of the older songs? We've talked yeah. about that actually. Because I about it for sure, yeah. Listening to the the first two, I've kind of thought that, like, man, I would really love to hear, like, because you guys play them live now, and yeah. they're, they're different. Yeah. They're they're oh, they're yeah. sharper. They're they're We've there's a lot more to them. them. Yeah, and it's almost be like a greater of two evils thing. Yeah, which granted, you're far better than John Bush, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like John Bush just fine. But it would be like just a no. I know what you mean. Clean yeah, them it, up. And it would be really cool because especially it was like the main thing wasn't even the songs. It was just the production quality. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and we were recording with somebody who you know he was new to recording and we're new to being a horror punk band and it was just it's like well that's what we got you know well and that you know I love that kind of stuff because you do see the progression like you pull your albums out or I guess you pull your flash drive out or whatever now <laughs> I still have CDs. but you, you can uh, I love hearing bands grow and still having you know still having that original sound than whatever it might have been yeah uh, Cliff what were you up to prior to joining up with these guys at the time I was in a six piece melodic death metal band called Tortoise and we got added on a show at Sweetwater with the Casket Creatures. It ended up being their first show ever. I didn't really pay a whole lot of attention to the flyer, but as I was as we were loading in, I was like, "Oh shit, that guy's got a Blitzkid shirt on." 
Oh, cool, that guy's wearing a Misfits shirt. Oh, they're putting on makeup. Oh, fuck, is this a horror punk band? And they were. And I ate that shit up, so... It turned out they were not doing Debbie Gibson covers. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was cool because, I mean, it's the same with, with Kevin, too. It's like Cliff started out as just, like, our friend, like, really close friend. And uh, we just hung out all the time. He would come to shows, you know... And uh, he was in our music video for Curse of the Mummy soon before he was even in the band. And uh, and Kevin was our photographer before he joined the band. And it's like, uh, it just, it was really close friends that finally got together and we're just like, we're doing this. As soon as there's an opening, we're like, hey, Cliff, <laughs> yeah. come on. Yeah. Now, what was your background? How did you start playing, like, before this? Don't worry about her. <laughs> <laughs> She just comes down here to give me editing problems. Uh, what? Go ahead. That one. Here. That's right. Make a time note. 11 minutes. Perfect. Uh, so, anyway. <laughs> How long have you been playing and what got you started? Uh, I hadn't played in a long time when they asked me. Actually, they, like, called me drunk on, like, a weekday. It was, like, a Thursday, and they're like, yo, dude, can you, can you play, uh, play a show, like, in two and a half weeks and learn 15 songs? And I was like, I was like, I haven't played guitar in about seven years. I don't own a guitar. They're like, that's cool. You can just borrow Derek's. So I learned all that shit real quick. I played my first show, and actually, it was about, a, I think it was April. It was 2015, so three years ago, I played my first show with them. Played a couple shows, and while Derek was on tour, filled in with them. And then two, almost two years ago, I think in like June or something, is when they asked me to play full time. So I bought a guitar and actually learned how to play again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it started out as like a uh, like Derek's going to be touring with his band, and we need someone to step in and cover him because we still have shows booked. You know, because right. he got booked on this tour, but we still had shows booked. And, uh, I mean, it just, it just made sense to just have them be full-time, so, and, uh, obviously, um, we have less awesome photos of us on stage now, because mm. <laughs> <laughs> he's our photographer, but, uh, it's still, uh, still happy about it. <laughs> now, you're, you've directed all the videos so far, mm. since, la- since you've been yeah, since yeah, part of the band. Yeah. What was the transition like? Because, I mean, still photography was, was your thing, but this is a different medium now. Basically, we just came up with an idea for a video. Because me and Ryan work together, so all day we're just talking about dumb shit we want to do. <laughs> and we came up with an idea for a video, and I was like, cool, I got a camera. I don't know shit about doing video, but <laughs> literally the day of the video, I was figuring out how to actually hit record on my camera. So we just, just did it. and That's great, though. That's what we've been that. doing. We have a lot of cool ideas. I mean, we literally have no equipment. I mean, we don't have anything. We just do it all. We just get creative and come up with ways of solving problems. Because we have a lot of really cool ideas. So that's I, I that's love that do. process so we much. We get though. there and we're like, cool, we don't have all these fancy lights and all this shit. We'll just use whatever we found. You yeah. gotta figure it out. And you learn so yeah. much doing that. Yeah. Like... It's been the same thing from the website to the podcast and everything else. Like nobody's shown me how to do anything. Yeah. I have. I haven't had. I've had to figure out everything. We've all learned. We all. Yeah. We all do. It's and, not like yeah. yeah. We all literally come up with ideas while we're there. 
I mean, we do a lot of, like, planning, even though our videos are really goofy and funny, but we actually put a lot of work in actually planning them, and we just bounce off ideas off everybody. Exactly. And while yeah. we're there, we're coming up with shit. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, we'll start with, like, a little grain of an idea, yeah. like, uh, with Phantom Zone, that was, like, you know... I was like, oh, Cliff, like, we have to have a scene where you face off about this guy. And then he's like, well, what if I, like, use a knife? And then it escalated into a lightsaber. Right. And, then, and then, you know, for copyright infringement purposes, I just got the off brand. Space swords. Space swords. <laughs> laser sword. Yeah. So, I'm telling you, you guys need to go to Cracker Barrel and check out their selection of laser guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're telling me about that. It sounds awesome. They're I'll amazing. I'll Debbie Gibson CD while we're in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm sure you can. Uh, so... With the video stuff, which uh, the Phantom Zone video being on that was incredible. I came home and I told Mrs. Troublemaker, I was like, I wish I could do that every day. Yeah. Because working with you guys was so much fun. Um, And it felt like, like it was very clear that you had an arc that you knew, like, what the plan was. Yeah. But there was also a lot of, like you were saying, just tossing ideas out and saying, well, if we do this here, let's figure out a different way to do this. Yeah. It, It was just one of the most fun, creative times I've had. Yeah. And, and I've, I see now, like, why every time you guys are shooting a video, there's immediately, like, I'll be there. Yeah. I'm on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest learning curve is you don't necessarily, we don't shoot stuff in order. So, it's, we definitely, it's good to have a plan of attack. And we don't like doing videos where you're just in a warehouse, you know, performing. We actually want to tell a story because we have so many ideas. So, we had... I think, what, 11 people in that video? Yeah. Including us. Something like that, yeah. yeah. So we're always trying to jam tons of shit in the three minutes. Yeah, and, um, I mean, that's, that's the thing. It's like, I think all of our songs kind of tell the story, so it's just it's pointless to just yeah. do a performance video. Well, and what's funny is the uh, Phantom Zone could have very easily turned into kind of a mess because there's so much going on. Yeah. But it is very easy to follow the narrative. Yeah. I can't imagine what a nightmare editing that thing together was, though. I mean, it yeah. had to be just sync, I, I just syncing it up. I don't right? enjoy that part that much. I don't know <laughs> what the hell I'm doing. And I, yeah, we had uh, 120 different clips to go through, so there's just a lot of stuff to go through. And we are trying to tell a story without any any actual verbal talking. So it's really that's another hard part is trying to make sure because in our minds we know the story, but it's like. Is somebody else going to see this and be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah. I think we did pretty good in this one. I was pretty happy. Yeah, me too. Considering how much shit we had going on. Yeah. It's good to have an awareness of that too, because it is it is hard sometimes to realize the audience doesn't have all the knowledge that you have. Yeah. So we got to make sure everything is clear and laid out. That's why you got to have a paper plate that says self-destruct exactly. button. Exactly. Stuff like that. Exactly. And Cliff's a damn good actor. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> he is. He is a really he, good actor. Yeah, he's the heart and soul of the whole video. He was in our oh, derang- yeah. Yeah, deranged video. He was perfect. Yeah. He, that's the oh. first video I ever did. And uh, Cliff was in. I was like, man, this guy can act. No, for real. You you sold. It was funny because it's seeing it in person. Everybody's kind of having fun and, and uh, like nothing necessarily stood out. But in the finished product, like... You sell setting off the butt spoilers for those who may not have watched it. If you haven't, uh, go to the Casket Creatures YouTube uh, channel and check out the video for Phantom Zone. Uh, but you you sell hitting that button like you sell. We got to get the fuck out of here. Like it it comes across. I mean, it yeah. all totally works. It's yeah. it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like amateur hour bullshit. Like it, you're, right. you're watching you and like well, and the uh, the it's a fucking beer box. <laughs> so good. 
Uh, well, and I that, wanna... that scene was all done in like one take. We barely talked about it at all. Like we were just like, okay, well, we have to set up like us getting into the base and fighting the guard, and um, like that was all done in one take. I think right. Like we, yeah. didn't, and it was all just us ripping, riffing off each other. Do you know like, why? There, that Debbie Gibson connection. That's what it is. Yeah. That's what it is. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, I want to talk about the new album and kind of how it came together. Oh, actually, before that, though, you mentioned the makeup. How do you guys go about choosing... How, how did you come to your individual look? Because each of you has a very specific, like, immediately recognizable deal, even though it's similar stuff. I l- I've been painting my face and going to shows since I was... 14 years old (laughs) and my biggest thing was always like full face skull makeup and then I got in the casting creatures and they were like alright get ready to do your makeup one rule no skulls (laughs) so I was like well shit (laughs) and uh I forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) but uh it was just kind of stepping outside of my comfort zone and just like, kind of, like, feeding off of what they do without, like, directly copying somebody, like, it's all about the eyes, pretty much. Yeah, well, and it's tough, thing. because it's, when, when you've got that black and white motif, it is hard to not be, sort of, have a, feel like it's mimicking something else. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the skull thing is just so not, I mean, I don't want to say overdone, but it's just like... Everyone it, fucking does it. Yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah. it is overdone. It's yeah, just, yeah, it is. If you see the black and white face paint, it's probably a skull. Yeah. Yeah, and all of us have just kind of done our own thing with it, and, uh, I mean, it's it's really, like, kind of evolved. Yeah. Like, recently, Cliff's been doing some, like, crazy shit, but uh, I'm loving it. <laughs> Kevin, yours is the most disturbing by far. I'm just lazy. I just do the same <laughs> shit every show. <laughs> It's two and a half minutes, it, but it's it's very like the whole the the all black is yeah just when you're up on stage it, it's a hell of a presence it looks good I mean it's it's a solid it's it's funny because there's personality and obviously in, yeah. in that and you guys all have like a very specific look up there uh, so talking about return to Wolfton out today if you're in Charlotte. And uh, out everywhere else. Yeah, it'll be all uh, digitally. It'll be available everywhere that day. Okay. And then uh, shortly after that, probably after that weekend, we'll have it up on our web store, our big cartel, and you can actually get the physical copies. Okay. Uh, cool. There'll be a few on cdbaby.com. So if you go to cdbaby.com like right now, and you're like one of the first like ten or fifteen people, there'll be copies up. Yeah, I don't know how technology works because I'm an idiot. So I was going, I was going to uh, burn my copy so I could put it on my flash drive. And, of course, the information isn't, you know, it doesn't pop up. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, if I put this in, is it going to, like, go out to the world? I don't, <laughs> I don't know how that works. So I was like, I took it out. I was like, I'm just waiting. I'm not taking any chance. I'm not going to be the dumb asshole that leaks all the song titles and everything. Because none of that's out yet, right? Like, yeah. Phantom Zone is is it. Yeah, I mean, that's it right now. Um, I mean, people know that we do have a, a, a Two Skulls tribute song. And... I mean, you know, since this is going to be on the 18th, we can talk about whatever we want. Right, right. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a Two Skulls tribute song on there that a few people, like his close friends and family, have heard. And hopefully we're, I'm thinking we're going to put that out as, like, a free download pretty soon. Just nice. for anybody who wants it. Yeah, let's, uh, do you guys want to talk about Tony a little bit? Yeah. Sure. Okay. 
because uh, Two Skulls is amazing. And every I, I love it. I'm not just blowing smoke up your ass. I love every song on this album. Yeah. Uh, I'm really blown away by how tight it is and how when it was done, I was like, oh shit, that's it. Yeah. Because so many albums you get now, like there are a couple of songs that you're like, all right. Let's move it along. This is a little self-indulgent. And then, like, typically the back end of any album, you're just ready Yeah, a, a couple songs before it's over. Yeah. But this this was, I mean, everything just moved along. It's really, really good. But Two Skulls, uh, I didn't, because I didn't even look at the track listing when I started it. So yeah. when it started playing, when I saw it pop up, I was like, oh, wow, this is, it's, yeah. it's, it comes across as something really special. Yeah, I mean, I feel like tribute songs can be lame at times. It's tough. It's very tough. And uh, I feel like that one just came together really good, and there's, like, a lot of heart in that one. Yeah. And I think that it kind of encapsulates, you know, because I I think, like, uh, when I have, like, the rough draft of the lyrics, which have changed and stuff since back, uh, before the actual recording, but uh, I remember sending them to everybody, and, like, everybody kind of agreed that, that that's how we all felt about, you know, his time. And it's not all sad and and depressing it's it's more about like the good times we had and like the the cool stuff we got to do with them in that short amount of time that we had with them yeah now the tone the tone of it is very like celebratory very like oh yeah we love this guy we we love the stuff we did with him and it ends on a laugh which is good i think yeah yeah (laughs) uh you want to tell the story of that either one of you guys i wasn't there oh yeah yeah yeah. uh just say Billy Rat saved the he made the album great by keeping the two skulls chat going a little bit longer than it was supposed to. Yeah. It yeah. Was just, we we had everyone together to record the chants and like, you know, everyone kind of felt when it was time to stop. Oh, that was the big picture you guys put up. Yeah, right. yeah, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we we just got a group together and a lot of his close friends and family and stuff and uh yeah, we were recording that, and it's like everyone kind of felt when it was time to stop, and, and Billy kept it going one extra time, everybody just cracked up laughing. <laughs> no, it's perfect. Yeah. It's absolutely perfect. I think so, too. Yeah, and like, you know, we're like, someone was like, oh, y'all can just cut that part out, and I'm like, no, that's, no. that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, that, that makes it. Do you guys have, like, a specific Tony memory? You want to go down the line and share anything that stands Kevin out? Yellen? I have one very specific. Oh, I mean, you one. go first. Give Kevin a fucking break. Here. Come on, <laughs> we're, we're asking a lot. Star on that. I don't want to talk. <laughs> All right, so um, I think mine is probably. Um, let's see here. No, I can't tell that one. Okay, I can tell this. One. <laughs> All right, so this uh, my my absolute favorite one is when we played with the band in Mule Camp Tavern, and they were like the Alice Cooper tribute band. And they thought they were awesome. Like, they brought their own, like, RV out back, and they're like, Alice is in the tour bus, and, like, they were, like, totally sticks to us. Yeah, and, like, they put me in, like, a... And, like, we were just mad leading up to the show because, like, they were sending us all these messages, like, you know, make sure you're here at 3 o'clock for a production meeting. I'm like, dude, we're playing a bar. Like, I'm going to show up at, like... Wait, for the, this band was sending yeah, you these messages? Yeah, and it wasn't the bar. It was the band. What it's did never you happened. have to do with their shit? I don't know. Like, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. <laughs> and luckily, like, Cliff got to... I don't know, luckily, kind of... I would be in fucking jail if I were there. Yeah, so I true. guess luckily I wasn't there. 
But uh, it was just a whole clusterfuck. But like Tony hadn't been in the band that long, and uh, wasn't that his second show? Yeah, I think it was. And <laughs> wow. and uh, it was just crazy because we were like all mad, and he was like totally had our backs, and like that's why there's a line in the thing like opening for shitty tribute yeah, yeah, bands yeah. or cover bands, and uh, like. You know, he totally, like, had our back, like, right off the bat. Like, one of the guys grabbed, like, some of Kevin's equipment, and Kevin, like, was like, what the fuck are y'all doing? And, like, they were just being dicks to us the whole time, and, like, we're playing our set. They're literally on stage, like, hanging up their set list, and, like, oh my gosh. while we're playing. Like, it was insane, and uh, it was just one of those things, like, right after the set was done, uh, we're just trying to get off, because there's only one way off the stage, and they were trying to load on, and Tony, who we've we've been, you know, hanging out with a lot... It was only the second show. He snapped, and we've never seen him get mad, ever. And he was like, guys, he's like, this isn't my first fucking show. Just let me off the stage, and y'all can get on. And and me and Derek and Kevin, like, teleported over there, and we're like, if you were fucking with Tony, our drummer, like, we will kill you. And, like, we barely knew Tony at the time, but we just, we we were like, we don't like that someone pissed him off. Yeah, yeah. And just set us off. Because we know he's like a, he was a nice guy, and like he doesn't just fly off the handle. Uh, but anyways, it was just funny because like right after our set, like I said in the mic, and I was like, "All right, guys, we're all going down the street," and the entire bar cleared out, and nobody even watched him play. <laughs> I so, bet Ronnie watched him play. Yeah, he watched him play, <laughs> and probably like their wives or whatever. That was it. It was pretty funny because um, they thought they were hot shit until they played with the cast creatures, and then they didn't play again after. <laughs> that was it. One and done. Or, well, you got one? I got one, but uh, if you're ready, I, you can go. Uh, one fun experience, we played some LARP thing, which I'm not all into that shit. I didn't really know what it is, but I'm just, I'll play anytime. Yeah. I mean, and uh, some friends of ours were into that shit, and they had us go in, what, South South Carolina? Yeah. yeah. And it was oh, outdoors, that- it was like in December, as cold as balls. Was it like one of the post-apocalyptic? Yeah, yeah. yeah. they got like a whole little town built and all the yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they had some sort of wooden <laughs> stage thing, and uh, it was cool. Like they had the cars from like Mad Max. Yeah, and shit dude, there. it was all like Mad Maxy thing, and yeah. everybody dressed up except for me, really. Yeah. Cliff, <laughs> Cliff had all these. You know, they're all about foam. Everything. Cliff comes with like a real gun and six. <laughs> Nails sticking I out. Two, I had two real guns. And they're like, holy shit, are those real? And these dudes all have foam stuff. They're he like, terrified of us. He has like spikes like this tall sticking out, and he's fighting people. And, uh, we drank like 40 fucking beers when we played. And it was literally, it was cold as shit. And uh, I'm all in there fucking, sh- you know, shaking. I turn around and Tony's got his shirt off. Just the- fucking. You remember that? Yeah. I took a. I took a picture of him, but yeah. he played like almost the whole set with his I shirt off. I know, dude. We were all freezing, yeah. and he's like with no shirt on. It was fun. I had like four jackets on, and he's like playing with no shirt on. He's like, "Wow!" Like, just all about it. Like, this is awesome. I'm rock and roll drummer guy. Yeah. You can't stop me. I mean, if you drink enough beers, you know you're immune it's to true. cold. That's yeah, true. That was, that was a good time. Fact. That was a real good time. Yeah. Yeah, and he woke up in a closet. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. We were staying in this shitty little cabin. It was tiny. It looked big on the outside. We're like, cool. We get inside, and it's like a room. Five feet by eight feet or something. And there's like the whole band seven of us or something in there. Yeah. And, and there's like one go. tiny closet, and he's all rolled up in an ass ball in there. <laughs> it, was, it was great. Oh, shit. Uh, so mine is this, is, this is always my go-to Tony story. 
Uh, we played in Albany, Georgia, hmm. at the Oglethorpe Lounge, Shit. and uh, the bartender there loves us. So at the end of the night, she sent us out with a gallon of uh, their like signature drink they make, and it's so good. It, they're good, but they will put you on your ass. Yeah, quick. So we get back to the hotel, and like Derek and uh, Kevin are being responsible. They're like, "We're going to bed," and it's me and Tony and Ryan. And I'm just like, hey, the pool's open. So it was not open. It was, the gate was open, which oh, means okay. the pool was open. So the pool was accessible. <laughs> yeah. It was really more. But uh, it was 2 o'clock in the fucking morning, and the three of us just, like, drank, like, two Four Locos in that gallon oh, of blue drink in the pool. And, you know, I don't even know how we didn't drown or make it back to the hotel room. But we get back to the room, don't even shut the door. The door was open all night. Not in a safe area at all. <laughs> I, I think me and Derek slept in the same bed, and then, uh... Wait, no. I can't remember. But anyway, Tony, Tony was in the floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Derek was in my room on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, Tony was in the floor. So, like, I wake up in the morning, I'm, like, trying to, like, put my... Like, get my shit together, and, like, I grab one of my boots, and it's soaking wet. And I was like, what the fuck happened and I go to the bathroom and somebody had puked in my boot <laughs> and Tony sits up in the floor and in just the most like he said this like he was saying it to a fucking room of businessmen he was so like professional he was like guys I might have thrown up last night <laughs> and and he definitely did. Yeah, so he, he, he in my boots outside, walking around with one boot yeah, on. Yeah, picture of him coming out, like holding one boot. Like, sad looking. I like washed it out in the sink, and I'm like in the fucking Waffle House with one boot on, trying to dry it under the hand dryer. It's a fucking mess. Oh god, it was awesome. Man. Yeah, that was a good one. Though. I oh, think the man. common theme with all of those were like just fucking just trashy shit. <laughs> <laughs> just wild. He knew what band he was in. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. Now you guys have played a lot of different kinds of places. Like a lot of you've played Six Flags, you've played Oglethorpe, you've played uh, what's the place in South Carolina? Is it in Greenville? There's uh, we used to play Beer Bellies a lot in Anderson. That might be. Yeah, maybe that's where Beer Bellies. We've played Ground Zero. Um, we've played uh, Tribbles once, and we'll we'll be back up there pretty soon. Yeah. Um, Do you have like a favorite venue or a favorite show that's gone down? I th- honestly, I think the Earl, man. We played the Earl with uh, Coffin Cats, mm-hmm. and I was like just blown away by the sound. And like, I mean, it was just incredible. I, I think the Earl's probably mine, and I, that show in particular is yeah. great. I can't, I could never say a show like uh, any one particular show, but venues. Uh, my favorite might be Open Chord in Knoxville. That place is cool. It's like. It was. It's the nicest place we've ever played. Yeah, and I was sure. certain they weren't going to want us back because the floors were like squishy after we played. <laughs> like it's all carpet in there. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they don't serve shots, but they have wine. Yeah, someone gave Ryan a shot of Merlot on stage. And I didn't know it. I threw up oh. immediately. <laughs> I was like, what? And just it was bad. Yeah, I can't take wine at all. Yeah, wine's no good. Nah, it's like the one. Well, that and four loco. No, no. <laughs> Maybe you should try okay. mixing four loco and wine. And wine. <laughs> it might cancel it out. 
feel like that, that might be. No, that would be a terrible idea. That would not be as good an idea as uh, eggnog and uh, Jack of Blast. Oh, that was turned good. out to be. That was really that was good. tremendous. Yeah. Um, as far as touring, like you guys have day jobs, you guys have responsibilities. Is scheduling like does that become an issue sometimes? It, we're looking at a lot. More I say stuff. touring, I just playing shows. Well, yeah, but I mean, we're we're looking at a lot more stuff this year uh, as far as out of state stuff. I mean, we play all the time, like three or four times a month. It seems like, especially like in in October, like that's just. I mean, one year we played eighteen shows in October, like it was insane. Like I don't even that's, know how that's possible. And if you, and that's a lot of shows. Like you got to sit down and you think like eighteen shows. But you've got to put that number in perspective and be like, there are only 31 days in <laughs> October. Yeah. And 18 of those 31 days, that's more than half. Yeah. That's like not a lot of downtime. And again, with day jobs, responsibilities, all the other stuff you got going on. Yeah. And playing 18 shows. But uh, right now we have uh, in July, do you remember the dates? It's not coming up. It's July 12th, 13th, and 14th. Yeah. And July 28th, we're playing. Yeah. Which which one's July 28th? That's uh, uh, Starbark. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but um, so. Uh, those three dates in July, we're going to be doing uh, South Carolina, um, Maryland, right? Yeah, Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. And then um, Worcester, I think is how you say it. However the hell you I don't know. Worcester, Worcester. Oh, Worcester. I heard it's Worcester. Worcester. Yeah, I don't know. Worcester, I don't know. W. It's like right it's, outside. It's, there's it's, way too many letters in it for it to be Worcester. I know. But I think that's what it is. I think so, too. But uh, I don't know. Boston. We'll just say Boston. There you go. So, but yeah, we're uh, we're doing like a three day run out there. Uh, we're playing with um, two of the guys from uh, the two guys from Blitzkid. Like both of their bands are playing. Kind of hoping there's a little mini reunion thing. God, happening. I hope so. Um, but uh, so it'll be Argyle Goolsby and a Gathering Nun, and we're playing like right before them. So we're driving all the way out there and hopefully making some money on the way. <laughs> right. But uh, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It comes to like we we can't come out of pocket. Like we try not to ever do that. Yeah. Um, and as long as, like, we can, you know, pull it off with, like, our work stuff, because me and Kevin work together, that's kind of a, a hurdle. But, I mean, they, you know, they were, they've been cool with it, so, uh, we, you know, if the show is worth doing, we'll make it happen. Right. Uh, we just can't run off, like, willy-nilly every weekend to different, you know. I, I remember one, I don't remember what show it was, but it went until, like, 3 in the morning, and then I think you were back at work at, like, 6 or some shit. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, or no, was it was it in Knoxville? Did you have some kind of insane? Yeah, we played in Knoxville on a Monday night with Calibres. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what I'm thinking of. That's what it that's, is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Uh, was that that venue like a church? Yeah, that was the uh, Scruffy Scruffy Musical Musical. Yeah, yeah, with Calibres, that was a great show. So much fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was a situation where it's like, yeah, we drive all the way back and then. Sleep for an hour and go to work. Oh my gosh! Because um, I mean, I try not to take days off if I don't have to. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I'm absolutely. like, I'll make it into work. I will be feeling rough, but I'll make it there. Yeah. Try to save your off days for when you're going out of town to play shows. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's bring it back around to the new album. Okay. Uh, and I want to talk a little bit about your creative process. Like, what what is the songwriting process with you guys? Who does what? Is it totally collaborative? Do you come up with a riff and then kind of put a concept That's, to it's it? It's more like that. It's like it starts with a riff of some sort and then it just kind of spirals into whatever. And like a lot of stuff we write in the studio too. Like we come up with a lot yeah. of cool ideas, you know. Like uh, we'll have the bare bones and we'll write like a scratch track, send it to everybody and be like, hey, you know, what's everybody think, whatever. 
but it kind of evolves up until we're actually in the studio. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a lot of times it's like, hey, we want to do um, like an it song, like the Pennywise right. song. Uh, like we're like we want to do that, and Derek came up with that opening riff, and it's like you know, hey, that's the one. Like that fits the tone of that. Right, right. Um, and the sci-fi thing kind of just happened on accident. We just were writing all these songs, and we did like Phantom Zone, Roswell. Return to Wolf Town, and we're like, well, I we might as well just like have a whole, you know, sci-fi theme to it. It wasn't really planned; it just kind of happened. But uh, I mean, as far as writing, I mean, I yeah, mean, no, that's pretty that. much it. <laughs> yeah. Did you have going into this album? Uh, were there like kind of a couple songs that were the core that you that you had pretty solid before everything else came together? For sure. We we started playing Phantom Zone a while ago. Like before we ever, before we even had like a full track list for this album, like did we did we play that with Tony? Even we were about to because like we had sent it to him, and I remember him being like, "Dude, this new song's awesome." That's right. But we just yeah, it just didn't happen. Yeah, um, it's been a while since. But it's been yeah, it's been almost a year that, since that one's been in rotation. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean. It's like a lot of times it'll just start with like one simple idea. Some would be like, "We should do a song about this," and it just kind of spirals into that. Uh, there's some songs on there like um, "No One Can Hear You," where I had completely different lyrics for it. Uh, went to the studio and it just was not working, and it may have been because I was very inebriated. I, possible. That, I can't imagine that being part of any narrative here. <laughs> that was the night that I helped you get into bed, and then you immediately <laughs> fell back out of bed. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that that one, like, I was just really frustrated with it, because it was, like, a song about Dracula, and uh, I, I was like, I hate this song, like, I hate everything <laughs> about it, and I'm like, the music's really cool, but I just hate everything I'm doing on it. Like, I'm holding this song down. Uh, so the next day, I wake up, and I'm literally, like, throwing up from drinking way too much and, uh, like, trying to, like, take a shower at the same time and writing lyrics at the same time. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of uh, turned into a song about Alien. Which is awesome. Yeah. Like, because it fits with the science fiction theme, but also your favorite movie and your favorite monster. Exactly. Um, you mentioned Loser's Club, mm-hmm. which it might be my favorite song on the album, yeah. Because it's so, I, I think I told you right after I heard it, like, it really feels like an 80s, like, almost has a little bit of Maiden feel to it, like some of the guitar stuff, it's, but it's I'll definitely like an arena, arena metal feel, uh, and it, it came together so well, because you know what it's about. Yeah. Like, without even seeing the title, you're, you guys like to tell stories with your songs. Yeah, for sure. How does that come together pretty easily for you do you run into roadblocks sometimes where you're like or like are you conscious you're telling a story with these or does it just come out that way um i think it just comes out that way but i mean usually a common thing thing with us is uh we'll have a chorus before we have anything else so we had the whole you know we are the losers whoa like we had that before we had anything else uh and then we just kind of build around that so it's like that was the kind of foundation for the song, and then everything else just kind of fell into place. I feel like you guys kind of have to do a video for Attack of the Fifty Foot Women, <laughs> like with miniatures and shit. Oh, that would be awesome. That'd be really badass. Because there, there are a number of these that going, to, you know, talking about having a narrative. There's so many of these that paint a mental picture as you're listening to them. Yeah, like you totally can see what the video would be, what would be happening, what you guys would be doing. And like you said, 
you know, you, you get the shots of you guys playing or whatever that's interspersed with whatever story is being told in the video. And it's very easy, especially having seen your past videos, to kind of visualize you guys doing things like pointing up at some giant chick and then going to her stomping around a Lionel train set or something, you know? That would be awesome. Uh, I think there's a few that we have ideas for in, yeah. the, in the process. of so. Now, Stringless. Stringless confounded me. It's not sci-fi. What the, what the hell is Stringless? It's not Puppet Master, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is Puppet yeah, Master. It is. Never mind, then. Yeah. It's not so confounding. Yeah. It just it almost seemed too straightforward. I was like, <laughs> it can't just be Puppet Master. There's got to be more to it than that. Nah, there's no deep meaning. I even, I even kind of thought maybe Ultron. I don't know. Because <laughs> that would be the sci-fi thing. Yeah, yeah. No, um, yeah, it's a Puppet Master song. We've been okay. wanting to do one forever. Uh, we actually wrote one like years ago uh, called Murder at the Bodega Inn. And it just never quite cut it. Oh, like man. it never made it onto any albums yeah. or anything. I don't even know if we scratched it, but uh, yeah, that one we just wrote. It's a short and, and fun one, and uh, yeah, I think it's a good time. When you're sitting down and putting the album itself to, oh, and we got to mention uh, for everybody listening, you'll see this album art uh, certainly by the time this has gone up. Uh, you got to talk about this album cover and how this came together. Um, basically Dan, our buddy Elzig, um, we just reached out to him and I was like, Hey, like I want like a really Jack Kirby looking, you know, style to it. Actually, it all actually, no, it all spawned from you because you sent me some artwork from a comic that you were reading with the skull spaceship. I can't remember the name of it right. Yeah. And actually I'm blanking on it right now too. Cause yeah. it's been a long fucking day. Um, holy shit. I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I'll mention I'll mention it in the intro. There you go. Yeah, but yeah. So I, like I pitched that to everyone. I was like, "Hey, what if like the zombie world from outer space had a wolf, like a werewolf head spaceship?" And everyone's like, ah, "That's awesome!" And 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 Dan just came up with the back by himself. That's all him. The the composition of that, he just drew that up, and we're like, "We love it." And he's like, "Yeah, y'all just do whatever y'all want with it." Yeah, it's beautiful. He did a great job on this, and it's definitely something. Uh, it's very different for you guys. It's a lot more colorful. A lot, yeah. yeah, a lot more color. Uh, and and it's, just to look at it, it's exciting. It's like, wow, what the fuck is this going to be? <laughs> um, so when you're organizing the songs and stuff, does, do you generally have an idea of what order they're going to go in? Do you try? Are you conscious? This is one of my things, and this is why I th- we might have even talked about this, yeah. about listening to records, is now with music... The you know when I was growing up as a kid buying cassette tapes and stuff, the first song on side B had to be big. It had to keep you going. And now you know you don't really worry about that anymore. Yeah. But the song order is still very important as far oh, as so. sort of building. How how much effort does that take? Like how, how what's your process for thinking about what goes where? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think honestly, the simple answer is it's like burning a whole bunch of CDs and just, like, playing them and be like, oh, that sounds good going into oh, this. Oh, for real? Yeah, and that sounds, you know, it, that's yeah. basically it. And and there's certain things, like, we knew uh, Zombie Werewolves was, like, the last track on She Screams, and we're like, well, Return to Wolf yeah. should be the last track yeah, yeah. on here. So some of it does the work for, you know, for us, and we're like, okay, obviously we want the, the Wolf Ton intro to be before the song, and uh, we know that we want your intro to be before Phantom Zone, so it's just a lot of stuff just kind of falls into place. Uh, and there's some stuff, it's like, oh, the structure of those are a little similar, let's separate these. And oh, yeah, these, yeah. These sound good together, and it's just, you know, 
It's it's all about how it flows into each other. Yeah. You know, when one song ends, you want something, you know, if someone ends on a slow note, you want it to pick back up. You know, you don't want uh, any, like, dead space or, like, any lulls in the album. Everything needs to keep moving. What, uh, we're going we're to go down the line again here. Uh, I will not start with Kevin. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what is something that, whether it's a, a specific song idea or just anything that you guys would like to see the band do sometime in the next five years or so. Just an idea that you've had that you're like, man, it'd be really cool if we could manage to do this. Let's start with Cliff. I've never talked to any of y'all about this, so this is going to be brand yeah. new shit. Oh, oh shit! I, I think it would be really cool to do like a six or seven song EP about serial killers. Like yeah. a concept EP. Badass. That is kind of the next step after after having like sort of a themed album to do an actual concept yeah, album, yeah. right? Yeah. Concept album, yeah. Or concept EP, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we could do a full length, I don't know, but... No, I think that'd be awesome. I did not know that. That's a yeah. cool idea. Like <laughs> nice! That. Done! Make that's it happen. Cool. I feel like that's probably what's going to happen. <laughs> Hell yes. Um, yeah, I think, uh, as far as me, I mean, I just want... I want to step up the video stuff. I mean, I eventually want us to do a damn Cast of Creatures movie. Yes! Um, movie, comic books, like, I want all of it. Like, I, I need to talk to you guys about an idea I have. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm all about it. Like, anything like that, because uh, I don't I don't think Cast of Creatures are just, a, like, it's not just about our music. Like, there's a lot of ideas we have that go beyond music, so. No, there's a lot of multimedia potential. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of bands don't really take advantage of that, and I feel like we've done a pretty good job with it, and I feel like we could keep it going and escalate it. Okay. And, and that, you know, like, we're just ridiculous with a lot of our ideas but I mean people seem to like it so hey the casket it. creatures VR experience is going to oh, be bad <laughs> that would be awesome yeah. well, that's, that's one of the things uh, we were talking about Maiden earlier that's one of the things I always respect about them yeah. is, like, they've always gone like crazy They're like hey we got like Iron Maiden games and Iron Maiden VR experiences and like I mean I want to do shit like that yeah 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 absolutely Kevin Kevin what was the question? Kevin's like, I hope to do no more interviews. That's <laughs> my dream. Uh, yeah, we actually did have some other video. We have a lot of video ideas. We actually, last summer, we're going to do, like, I'm not going to say what we're going to do. We had this whole little series we were going to do. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, web, yeah, Cass Creatures web series. Yeah, and we, and me and Ryan. I mean, we can kind of, I mean, basically it's going to, and we will eventually do it, but basically it's going to be a bunch of, uh, like picture like you gave each of us like our own show like yeah it was like how to videos like yeah. Cliff would do something with knives or some shit obviously <laughs> yeah but like all of us in our makeup the yeah whole, like yeah yeah, yeah yeah and then uh, I did like a nature series yeah he was gonna do like, <laughs> like a nature thing I was gonna do like some <laughs> home improvement thing where we just fuck shit up yeah just break every day yeah that was one idea yeah, that we had last summer one. but we never. Never got around to it. Yeah, we hope to do that. that. We need to do. Well, it kind of got lost in all the shit. Oh, going down yeah, there, so. we had we had a bunch of shit planned, but it got it got lost. But uh, but uh, me and we Ryan need to revisit wor- that. Yeah, yeah, we are working on a movie. Yeah, that the cast creatures are probably going to be in as a. We're going to be a plot point. Yeah, there it's not it's not the it's not the theme of the movie, but they'll probably show up in it. Yeah. So the one I'm thinking of. No, listen, nah, so nah, we ain't giving this one away. It's a totally different direction. Yeah, keep it under wraps. And yep. the thing I like about our videos is they are silly, 
and goofy, and a lot of people in this genre are ultra serious. Yeah. In any any type of any type of like metal or horror punk, everybody's ultra serious. I think that's what I like the most about this because this is all of our personalities. This is how we are in real life. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's why it works so well because I think comedy stuff is really hard to do. Yeah. I think horror shit's easy. It's yeah. easy to throw blood on shit, but to actually do videos that are legitimately funny is hard. Because it either is good or it's dumb as hell. There's no in between. I think we've been doing pretty good at it. Yeah. I, I, well, that's when you listen to actors talk about yeah. uh, comedy versus drama. They always say comedy is much harder. Yeah. I mean, that that's common knowledge yeah. thing. Uh, shit. I just lost my train of thought. Damn it. <laughs> I was so excited about the comedy thing. Oh, that, well, no, what I was going to say, that's why I love Anthrax. That's why they're my, they're my yeah. favorite thrash band. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're always they, goofy back then. Yeah, they were goofy as shit. They never took themselves too seriously. Their mascot was goofy. Yeah, yeah, they did goofy stuff like I'm the Man. And, yeah. like, it just, they, they never, you know, don't get me wrong. I love, you know, well, even Megadeth had a little bit of a sense of humor sometimes. But, like... So many of those bands seemed so serious and took themselves so seriously that, like, yeah, this is badass music, but you can only do badass for so long. you, you got to break it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, there's some new thrash, like Municipal Waste, who I think we all love. They, yeah, they, and uh, they're you should goofy. check them out. If yeah, you I, I need to. I know that. I know they've done some stuff with like Adult Swim or yeah, something. They right? definitely step up the goofiness. They have yeah, an animated awesome. video that's really funny. But yeah, their videos are funny and, and goofy, and they have a lot of fun. And we went and saw them with Exodus not too long ago. That's so awesome! And the you know, oh, I think that was the Adult Swim thing. It wasn't was it? Yeah. Yeah. okay. But, uh, in my opinion, they just blew accidents away. Yeah, and you can tell oh, they, they, were, opener. they were having a lot of damn fun, and yeah. everybody in the crowd had fun because of it, which is, I think, one of the things with cast creatures is we all have a lot of fun Yeah, on I stage, and I think, you know, everybody that comes sees us has fun. I think it translates. Like that picture of Derek and Cliff. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's this picture. We just need to post it from the cast creatures page. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, you just, it's pure joy. You just see it, and, like, they're on stage together just, like, having the time of their lives. And this is just a random weeknight show, you know? Yeah, it's like yeah. That's what I love about this band. That's why, like, we've been doing it for so long, because it's never not been fun. Well, it's so much more entertaining to see guys up on stage that are clearly having fun and not just, like, with their heads down, focusing on, you know... Wow, we uh, fuck up all the time, this but... Is, it's like a math equation, and I <laughs> yeah. can't get it wrong. <laughs> yeah. That's boring. It's the, the personality, to me, is much more interesting... Than uh, than the execution. If oh yeah, that makes sense. I'd rather see an entertaining band than like a like a really technically like amazing band. It's like I, I want a show. You know, yeah. like I loved seeing uh, it was Megadeth, Anthrax, and Slayer. Megadeth played uh, Rust in Peace in its entirety. Oh, that was an awesome show. And then they and then but the thing was. They played that, and then they played like a little greatest hits yeah. mini set. Yeah. After that, it was awesome. But. There was no like it was just here are our songs. I, I think the that. one time Dave Mustaine stopped and said anything was when they finished Rust in Peace. He was like, "That was Rust in Peace, yeah!" And then they played like another song, <laughs> and then it was like that's literally the only stage banter he had, which is what I expect. That's yeah. fine. I don't know what it is about Dave Mustaine, but I can just look at that dude and laugh. So like, <laughs> it just it's always entertaining to me. He's like Dog the Bounty Hunter or Alex Jones. <laughs> 
is just funny to me. Like, just his existence is funny to me. I mean, it is true. I do, I do love that he's on the same yeah. uh, tier as Alex Jones. Dog, dog, dog and a bounty hunter. Yeah, he's that level. A, he's more talented, a, but... Dangerous yeah. trio. Yeah. All right, well, to wrap it up, what... Uh, you know, as the casket creatures going forward, you guys have a ton of work to do still with this album because yeah. it's time to get out and play it. And how much? How much have you played these songs? Uh, we've only played we've played a couple of them for a few shows, but we haven't actually played all of them. Yeah, we haven't played all of them. Yet. Played like five songs off the album. I think. Yeah, total. We practiced the other day and. Uh, practice two of them for the very first time, but yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff we write like in the studio, so some of the stuff we're like, Oh, this sounds good live. <laughs> I mean, that's how we do it, that's how we've always done it. Yeah, we never played any of them together before it's recorded, Zone. other than Phantom Zone. Yeah, how long does it take to figure out if a song is getting over live? You know, per show, yeah. yeah. There's been songs we've played, and we're like, oof, we shouldn't do that one again. <laughs> and then there's other times where you play it once, and you're like, this is never leaving the set. This yeah. is yeah. always in. Yeah. Uh, Robot I think the f- Revolution, for sure. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, we played Robot Revolution for the first time. Uh, what was Mule, that? Mule Camp. Mule Camp, yeah. And, uh, man, like when that song hit, we were like, dude, this is like the most badass song we've ever played as a band. Like, it's just, people were just moving. Everyone's like, what the fuck's happening? It was just... Heavy and aggressive and just awesome, and that's one we're like uh, we're never taking that out. That's in every show. Would you consider doing like a special event where you like played that album? Funny you should ask. Well, <laughs> you know, Maybe come to the CD release show in Atlanta. Yeah. Oh wow, we're we're doing a local release. We'll have more details coming out. Do you remember the date on that? One? June second. June second. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, June second, we'll be playing the entire album, and we're doing the Megadeth thing. We're going to play a little Greatest Hits thing after. So, Holy shit. Yeah, we're doing that. It's amazing. So, and, uh, yeah, hopefully we can... I think we may have briefly talked about it, but if you can, hopefully you can be there and do the introduction live. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm working on that. Yeah. Because I really, really want to be there. It would be awesome. I might, we'll I might get have the to use a little vacation for that. On there. Oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, June 2nd, Atlanta album release party. For the listeners, tonight, you guys are in Charlotte. Yeah, and we'll be doing a listening party, uh, so like everyone can hear the album for the first time, and they can you know meet us, talk to us about whatever. Let me give you a little piece of advice about your listening party. One of the coolest things I've ever seen in my life, when I worked at the Masquerade, Motorhead played there. Uh, my little part of the story is that I had to take Lemmy's little tiny white zip-up boots to the shoe repair place to get them resold. <laughs> That's brought awesome. him, brought him back. When I got back, there was a special pre-show like Motorhead fan club thing going on in this is the old Masquerade, obviously, yeah. um, going on in Purgatory, and they're playing Motorhead songs. Lemmy's sitting at the bar, singing along to all of the Motorhead songs. <laughs> so awesome. for your release party, I fully expect the Casket Creatures to be singing along. With all the Casket Creatures song and the spirit of Lemmy. It depends on how much we've had to drink, but it's possible. Well, come on now. (laughs) That's true. That's a good call. Uh, Any other shows coming up? Uh, that you, I, I know we've mentioned a couple, but I'd like to bundle them all yeah, here together over, at put the end. Your graveyard shows before the list. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, uh, Friday night at Days of the Dead, Charlotte. Well, I guess that's tonight. Tonight, yeah. tonight. 
And Days of the Dead if Charlotte. You're at Days of the Dead Charlotte listening right to this. Now. On the blue track, my other band, Graveyard Gospel, is doing an event called Sin and Salvation with Riot Kittens Burlesque. It's sort of like a little variety show kind of deal, and it's going to be fucking rad. I've so, seen, I've seen like, uh, have any of you done these? Like three of them? Two in Atlanta, one in Indy. Yeah. And the man put over the blue track, too. Yeah. That was solid. Yeah. And they're playing with us on our CD release Oh, yeah, show. on the CD release show. Yeah. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Graveyard Gospel's super cool. Like, definitely check them out. Like, do y'all have any music posted yet? Uh, yeah, you can get all of our... We have all of our recorded acoustic material up for free on our Bandcamp page. It's like bandcamp.com slash graveyard gospel. Uh, they, all, they all know how Google okay. works. They'll find <laughs> it. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, they'll... Uh, they, they beat you over the head with some, like, really evil... Uh, evil music and some uh, spiritual shit. <laughs> and where can we find the casket creatures online and what you guys are up to? Uh, yeah, I mean, just look us up. Uh, Facebook's where we normally post everything. We got an Instagram account that we post a lot of cool stuff on. Today we posted a teaser for FamZone. Uh, that was pretty neat. Um, and then uh, our YouTube channel. So, uh, I think that's it. Awesome. You guys, thank you for coming to the Phantom Zone and listening to dogs and uh, children yelling all day. And I'm uh, looking forward to June 2nd. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Okay, I have to clarify something. I think in the intro I referred to Phantom Zone as the Phantom Zone, uh, the, the song, not the place. And it is Phantom Zone with no the. There's no article at the beginning. And I, I say this... Because for years people would call me the Phantom Troublemaker, and, and I am—I I wasn't. I was just Phantom Troublemaker. It was a name, uh, not a title. There, there is only, there is no need for a designation there. Uh, that's just my little nitpicky grammar thing. Uh, but I, like, I am not currently going by the Dave West, uh, which, good lord, please don't ever refer to me that way. Uh, anyway, I hope I didn't go too long in that intro. That was, that was one of the longer ones I've had that wasn't actually an entire episode of just me talking. But I, that, that show was an experience for me. I, I, oh, and I, I didn't even talk. You should thank your lucky stars. I didn't get to talk about how great the Fox is. That place is awesome. I haven't been there in a few years. I think the last time I was there, me and Mrs. Troublemaker went and saw Wicked, uh, it's, it's so nice. It's so well-kept. It's so huge as far as just the, the places in the lobby and the different rooms and everything. The bathrooms are way downstairs, way far away from all the nice areas. Uh, the, the seats are big enough, even though this place was built. Whoever knows, who knows how long ago. It's got nice wide seats that I didn't have to squeeze into. Uh, the only problem I had, the one problem I had is the only beer they had was Yingling. Uh, and I am not particularly fond of what I assume is the taste of horse urine. So I, how did this yingling thing happen? All of a sudden, a few years ago, everybody I know is drinking yingling, and it's terrible. It's okay, because I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Needless Things Podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. Love you. Mean it. Uh-huh.